Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 33. I'm your pal, Val. And with me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you today? I am doing well, Val. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, we had Daytona 500, everything else. So, But uh, before we start, I always forget, uh, this is NASCAR Radio. This is a podcast merging NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards. And with on that note, you know, opening up some 2021 Dunners. Uh, that's really enjoy that product. We'll talk about that today. Talk about the Daytona 500 winners and the results in their cards. And if we get time, we'll talk about the 1986 Sports Star photographics. So 2021 Donruss is out. Uh, Jason, you got to open some? Yep, definitely uh, opened some. Opened a hobby box, uh, no retail. But open the hobby box, you know, it's kind of that thing we talked about before. You know what you're getting to an extent. Lots of color, lots of inserts and parallels, and you're getting your hits. And I was one of the fortunate ones that got a good box with the additional buyback hit. But, yeah, everything was everything was great. Um, I was even happy with my initial three hits. Um, and I'll, I'll, I can tell the story, you know, after we go back and forth on what we thought. But um, even just with my three base hits, I was pretty happy um, with the autograph and the two relics based on, you know, who it was because it was uh, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, and uh, the Gantt auto from the – it was an optic silver, the Race Kings auto. So I was pretty happy. Pretty good value, for sure. Oh, definitely for a box that's between, I guess, you know, this is the middle of February of 21, and the boxes are about $80. They come out about, I guess it was about low 70s. So everything has just been crazy, super inflated. So I was glad to see that racing uh, hasn't increased that much. But, yeah, I think you are right. When you you know know what you're getting into with Dunrust, you're getting like I said a lot of color. You're getting the optics, and you run it's running about four. So there's hobby box is 24 packs. You get about 14 silvers. I was getting about four red uh, number that I think is 299, blue 199, about four, and then you have a, a couple of either green, pink, or purple. And what I noticed is you get you know an optic per pack, so it's 24, but there's only six silver prism optics. So that optic silver set is really tough. Uh, I think that's going to be a sleeper. I've talked about it before. It's one of my, one of those sets that I'm trying to put together for the last couple years. Uh, I think they're going to be sleepers, but it's a good fun rip. Like you said, you get the, the two memorabilia and auto, and uh, that's pretty cool that you got a buyback. So yeah, you know, and that's what we talked about—that bonus hit. And I'm glad that it, I'm glad. You know, we talked about it on Hobby Hot, Hotline, and we'll you know discuss that more here in a little bit. But you know, it was that unannounced kind of insert, but it also didn't replace the auto in the box. It was an additional hit. I had talked to somebody, you know, and told them what happened with my box, and they were like, "Oh, I didn't even know." that was an additional hit they thought it was one of the three um like that was your your autograph for the box which either way you're going to be happy because those buybacks are so limited yeah but the the funny kind of ironic story with mine is i am an unopened pack collector so anything that i buy whether it's a blaster or a hobby box you know whatever i keep between one and three packs sealed one for me, and then I have two boys that I kind of put some stuff aside for. So, like, with the Hobby Box, I kept three because there were 24 packs. So, opened the box, got my hits, you know, got everything, had my three packs that were sealed. But at that point in time, I had just pulled the three promised hits. Didn't think anything of it. Um, told you 
you know, I texted you this story, told you the whole time I felt like I had, I had the gut feeling that there was a buyback in that box. So I opened everything, opened the 21, had the three left over, was going to keep them sealed, put them in the box with everything else. The box is sitting on the kitchen counter like two days later, didn't get around to moving it, and it got knocked off. The whole box, all these loose cards fall to the ground. 75% of the box gets thrown away because everything got dinged. All, like, there was like a stack where every insert had a dinged corner. Luckily, all the relics and the autographs were good. So I have these three sealed packs. And I talked to my wife, and I'm like, do you think I should just open these because now I'm afraid they're just damaged? And she's like, yeah, go ahead, do it. <laughs> so second pack out of the three, I think I open, and there's this weird card that's facing the other direction, like it's flipped over. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I think it's a buyback. Flipped it over, and it is a buyback. It's a Matt Kenseth out of five you know, on-card autograph like we talked about before, and it's got that five-year anniversary stamp. So needless to say, I was I was pumped, super excited that I pulled this, and it was just kind of ironic that had that box, had I not ruined 75% of the box, I would have never even opened those packs that had to buy back, and it would have been sitting there for who knows how long, you know, however many years. Uh, so it was kind of ironic that I lost a lot of the box to gain that buyback card. So kind of funny that I got it in kind of a weird way in which it happened, but everything worked out in the end, I guess. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the Ken's a, yeah, he's a cup champion, and uh, he'll be a future Hall of Famer for sure. So that's cool. And so was it was that five uh, embossed on it? Could you feel that yep. with your finger? Or? It, well, you can. Um, it's not like a super thick, I don't know if thick is the right word, maybe deep um, embossing. I, I don't think you can feel it like if somebody wanted to search it. I don't think you could feel it like search the pack like at a, a you know, a yeah, it's both you know, between the dealer or whatever, yeah. And I don't, I'm not even sure that you could feel it like through the back of the card. Um, it's almost like they stamped it on the top, on the front, and then it's not like a very deep one. But so before I forget, I wanted to ask you to see if you noticed the same thing. It seemed like my box with all the color parallels, you know, we talked it's that 88 design where the color is like two corners. Um, it doesn't go all the way around. But it seemed like I pulled at least one of everything except for the really limited. So like everything from pink up. So I think the pink was out of 25, if memory serves correct. So everything that was more prevalent, so out of something higher than 25, I pulled one of everything, which seems pretty common with the Donruss boxes in previous years. That's kind of what happened with me as well, where like pink, purple, green, blue, and red that I got those different colors. Uh, nothing crazy. I think one of them had that fifth anniversary, but not a buyback, but it was like it had some kind of little red pattern around the side of it. It wasn't like the checkerboard. Like last year, they had this checkerboard that was one of the, the special parallels. Right. So, but So I was going to say, like in the mid-90s, when Max had some like buybacks, they had that crimper that you would emboss like right. a page or whatever to your thing it was you know it was on I think on the front end and the back right you could definitely it actually crimped the card but it sounds like they maybe ran something over actually that made me think of the was it last year no maybe it was 2019 when they did the kind of the buybacks or not a buyback but they did the next in line with the Hanley Deegan and the and the other ones, and they had them sign like 50 copies. They numbered it, but then they they put something on the the card to make it look like you could tell the difference. So I wonder if they did it like that as well. So I'll have to be on the lookout for some buybacks, maybe at the show or something, to get my hands on or 
if I get lucky, uh, get one of the Battle Blast or whatever. But yeah, Dunrust was a fun product, not too expensive. So uh, the one thing I did notice was the Jimmy Johnson car. It's all black. Uh, it's got some, like a little stripe of white. And depending on the parallel, that stripe is that color. So I got a black with a white, so that's the base. And it's a black card with a stripe, and I think it's silver, and that's the silver version of it. But everything else, I, I didn't know what to make of it until I was trying to sort for a set. And I went online because I thought, whoa, what is this? Is this a, some kind of black, you know, one of these parallels or whatever? But I went out and looked, and that is the common version. So I don't know if you had run across that or if you even noticed that. I, I Honestly, I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally forgot. But that is a card. I had the same thought process, thought process that you did. I kept thinking it has to be a black. It has to be a one-of-one one because why else? Would it be, like, you know, why else would it be like this? And I kept looking, thinking, you know, my finger was over top of the serial number, you know, something. I kept looking, but like you said, uh, couldn't find anything on it. Didn't even think to check eBay. I just thought, oh, it's some color parallel. I'll figure it out later. And then with the box dropping and all that stuff, I don't even know if it was one of the ones that got kept. But, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a weird, a weird instance and, I didn't know what to make of it either. Yeah, because when you look at it, there's black borders with purple uh, right, stripes right. with white. And then I noticed, like I said, on the silver, that the, the stripes on the right-hand corner or the right-hand side are silver, and like so the base is white. So I need to talk to Panini and see what's going, what was going on with that one. I don't know if that was a mistake where it was supposed to be white and it was you know black or whatever but it's kind of weird that like that's the only one that's like that in the set that i noticed anyway let's talk about race results uh we had the Daytona 500 uh we had the truck xfinity and cup race uh in the truck series ben rhodes won and the highest finishing rookie was carlson hulkshamer H-O-C-E-V-A-R. He doesn't have any cards. So, And Ben Rhodes, uh, he actually was in the 2013 Press Pass Fanfare set. And he has base card there, number 99. It's a young gun. The last couple in the Fanfare set had uh, the young guns in them. So, But there's a diamond cut and green, hollow foil, red foil, sapphire, silver, and some young gun autographs of some different flavors. And then if you're just a Panini collector, uh, he's in the 2016 Panini certified set. Again, and he's got autographs in uh, Torque and certified. Yes, sir. I was just going to say, again, that 2016 certified set comes up. Um, you know, granted, it's not his first release, but that's certified. I don't know how many times we've talked about it as being kind of a sleeper, uh, cheaper product with a ton of stuff in there. Um, I haven't checked prices for a while, and I know it's been a little while since we talked about it. But be while you're sitting down, see. <laughs> uh, they're about eighty dollars a box now. I think the last time we talked about them, they were half that. So yeah, it's definitely it's it's moving the way the rest of the hobby is right now. Yeah, I think. Uh, I usually call them the big three. They've gone up uh, quite a bit on their racing. So uh, even trying to find quantities, I think, tough. So 2016 certified uh, 12-box case is right at $950. A single box is $80. Uh, Yeah, at one point, those at the lowest point when we were talking about them here were in episode number... 34. So in the last couple of years, they were about $40 a box. So yeah. pretty much they've doubled. And to your point, and what I've been saying is that they're kind of loaded. Um, it's taken a couple of years for the drivers to make their way up. And last year was kind of a, a big year for Cole Custer, uh, Tyler Reddick, and Chris Bell. So they're kind of the mainstay. But there's a lot of other cards in there. So even at $80, when we're talking about 2021 Donruss at 
you know, that price point, $80. Right. And then 2016 certified at $80. I think this one you get two autos and two memorabilia. So, and then you right. get all the even, cards. Even from a mathematical standpoint, like, yes, it went from 40 to 80 and 80 is still not expensive, especially with what we're dealing with right now with all the other sports. But when something doubles, you know, percentage-wise, that's huge regardless of it's 40 to 80 or 400 to 800. You know, that product still doubled, and it was, you know, we started this in 2019 or 18. I don't even remember now. But, you know, say two years, it stayed 30, 40 bucks, and then, you know, two to three years later, it doubles. So you you kind of have to kick yourself if you didn't get in on it you know, kind of when we talked about it in the, in the beginning um, as to what what the product was and what you could get out of it. And it's kind of like, a, you know, look where it's at now. Not like a we told you so, but, you know, we I think we harped on it so much that hopefully somebody took the advice. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it, it just it really is a crazy time right now. And, and as kind of a side note, I was on looking – you know, doing some prep for the show, and I, I noticed 2018 Prism Blasters. I remember one year going to the National, and they were trying to get rid of them for $7, and they couldn't. I probably would have bought a ton, but since I was flying, there's no way I could, you know, take a, right. a 20 box um, blaster case of these. So, uh, again, are you sitting down? They are $60 for a blaster. It's, you know, I guess the Haley Deegan chase, whatever. So, and speaking of that, so in the Camping World Truck Series, Rookie of the Year candidates, Haley Deegan, Chris Wright, Chandler Smith, Chase Purdy, and uh, Jason Harbaker, those are, uh, those drivers are going for uh, Rookie of the Year in truck. So, uh, over to Xfinity. We, the winner was Austin Cedric, and he is no stranger. Uh, he was the 2020 Xfinity champion, so he's picking up where he left off. If you remember, he is – what's the right word? So I think he's on the contract with uh, Penske. So, I, I, you know, I think his long-term goal will be at, Pen, at Penske. So I guess when either Brad or – Joey retire or move over or whatever, or maybe even I think maybe he's slated for the 21. If I think maybe now that I'm talking out loud, Matt D. Better, this might be his last year. And so, but he won the Xfinity, and uh, so he's another one of these guys, up and comer that you know you, you can kind of see down the road he's destined for Cup, especially with winning the way he's been. And uh, he's got cards in 2018 Dunruss in the Phenoms. And he's got the base in the 2018 Certified with all the parallels, different uh, colors there. He does have autographs in the Prism, no base, in the 2018 Prism. And in Victory Lane, he has a base with the parallels and some signatures. And the Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year uh, candidates are Ryan Vargas, Sam Meyer, Josh Berry, Jordan Anderson, and Ty Gibbs. We've talked about him before, but the reason I bring that up is because the highest finishing rookie was Ryan Vargas at um, position 18. His rookie or his first cards in 2019 Bummers. He's in that next in line insert set. Uh, he's got autos in 2019 Prism. And he's in the 2019 Victory Lane pedal to the metal. So you have Victory Lane, and then you have that pedal to the metal, which I think is like not a parallel set, but it's its own set inside of Victory Lane. And moving over to the Cup Series, that was a late night. Uh, I didn't get to watch the end of that. But um, with all the rain delays and everything else, but Michael McDowell, huge win for him. I was very happy to see that the Love's Travel Stops Ford had won the Daytona 500. He's been racing for quite a while, 
and he has cards in 2008, 2008 signings, and then he is in the uh, 2008 Press Pass Premium, uh, and then VIP, those are different uh, brands, and American Thunder. So I want to make two statements. First of all, I am no NASCAR expert, but in all the years that I've paid attention to the sport, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> like, absolutely never heard of this man. And second, I hope somebody out there won some big money on FanDuel or something because I looked at FanDuel Sunday morning uh, to see what some of the odds were for some of the drivers, and I can guarantee that he was one of those one-in-a-million-odds drivers, so I hope somebody was able to cash in and you know place one of those long-range bets and uh, get some money out of this, but I, I saw this because I'm like you. I, I was unable to finish uh, after, you know, starting and stopping all day long, and I saw this name, and I thought, who in the world? Like, who is this guy? And then, like you said, looking at his cards, 2008, I'm amazed that you know somebody that's been around that long doesn't seem like they're a name that's you know in the winner circle that often or gets talked about and then to win you know one of the biggest races of the year uh it's kind of crazy yeah i was uh, i'm what's the right word i'm familiar with michael mccow he has a couple of charity events i believe it's michael mccow i don't know if you remember when um if you watch the race, Bubba's bumper or whatever came off on one of the races. He, yeah. he got in an accident with something, and then he that went like and, like, delivered it. Yeah, and that, um, he went and, like, dropped it off at somebody's holler, the one that hit him. That was Michael McDowell. Oh, and, that, really? and then Michael, yeah, and then Michael McDowell, they auctioned it off. They raised twenty grand for charity. That's right. <clears> no, I had no idea. But, yeah, um, I was really happy to see Michael McDowell win runs for... And they're a smaller team, and he's been racing for a few years. Uh, I've actually got him to order, autograph some of his rookie cards. Those uh, 2008, I can't remember if they were the yeah, IG or, or the um, American Thunder. When they had that media week, I tried to, you know, have some cards of everybody's rookies, so that uh, if I run into somebody, to get them. So, uh, yeah, so I was really happy to see. See him win. That that was that was huge for him and, and his team. And I think I've already read that they picked up some new sponsors. So so yeah, he, well. he edged out. Yeah, he edged out Chase Elliott for the win. I imagine Chase will, will win or do very well in the road course this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. And the highest running rookie was Chase Briscoe. Uh, uh, Chase Briscoe and Anthony Alfredo are running for Rookie of the Year this year. We will see which one of those two gets uh, to be Rookie of the Year. So, and Chase Briscoe has car- base cards and parallels in the 2018 Certified and autos in 2018 Prism, 2018 Prime, and 2018 Victory Lane. So, if you buy, let's some, talk about him for a second. Sure. So with Chase Briscoe, and this is again, this is a guy that we've talked about before. I'm kind of, I'm kind of going to ask your opinion because we talked about him as being you know one of the 2019 Prism rookie cards to pick up, and I did, and it's worked out well for me. But it's 2019, and then the list. You know that you're kind of going through of him having 2018 stuff. What you know, obviously your opinion is different than everybody else's. But you know, as a, an experienced NASCAR card collector, are you going to go after the one that has the rookie card logo, which is a fairly new thing still, or are you going to just go after the earliest card, which would be 2018? Actually, in this case, I'm actually going after both. I'm going after the 18 certified. I'm trying to get some 18 autographs 
and then okay. in the 2019, I think it's Optic and Prism. I think do they have the logos on them or not? Can't remember. Um, 19 does. I don't know if 18 does. Or yeah. So I, I'm grabbing some of his early stuff because I mean we talked about him a lot last year because he won nine nine races in Xfinity. So again, when we talk about it, you know, it's not like football or these other sports where a rookie comes out of nowhere and it's like, you know, a guy gets drafted out of college and then plays that year and just comes out of nowhere. With NASCAR, it's more of a longer runway where you can see them coming where, right. you know, what Chase did really well. And it all depends on the team as they're doing as well. So, with Austin Cedric, you can kind of see that, you know, he's coming behind Chase Briscoe. So I, I see him following that kind of same path. So to your point, yeah, I would be picking up uh, Chase Briscoe's. I'd be picking up Austin Cedric's. You know, I wouldn't pay crazy money for him or whatever, but if you're at a, a, a card show and you're looking through some boxes and you see them, you know, they're a dollar or 50 cents or whatever, uh, that'd be a great pickup. So, you know, I've been going out looking for autos, uh, I think for, you know, a couple bucks or less than $10 a piece. Uh, just because I don't think I have many of them. So it's not like I'm buying, a, you know, a ton of them, but just trying to buy a couple. Great. Gotcha. I mean, I like Optic, which I've, you know, talked about before, you know, the Dunruss Silvers and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, I probably need to send some to the shop. And I've been really bad here the last year or so with sending stuff off, so I need to send some stuff off, get some of these guys to sign some of their rookie cards. You know, that's one thing about NASCAR, we've talked about it before, is you can kind of collect and do, you know, collect the way you want to. You can, you know, go after prisms or whatever, or you can, you know, get base cards or and send stuff off to get autographed or not, or work on autograph sets or insert sets or and that's some of the stuff that I've been doing like this year's 2021 Dunrush Raider Rookie set it might be a nice set to you know base cards send them off and get some autographed yeah it's definitely nice with NASCAR and just the racing in general where there's not a lot to keep your attention you know kind of the one thing that we applaud and complain about at the same time is the number of products, you know, but it def the limited number definitely allows you to focus on uh, the set building and then some extracurriculars if you, if you want to. Yeah, definitely. You hit the nail right on the head. Because we're not being inundated with products from multiple companies, you can, you know, spend your time and, and money and collect the way you want. And if it's not you know, this year, you can also go back to previous years or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I like about NASCAR and, and not being inundated with different brands and stuff like that. And that kind of talks about when we were on the Hobby Hotline talking to Tracy Hackler from Panini, we were trying to get information out of him about, you know, what new sets or no brands are coming out. And he's basically confirmed that we're going to get Chronicles again. I know that he does a product that you, you like quite a bit, Jason. Yep, absolutely. And then he said there was a major announcement coming with that. Uh, I was asking him about, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon not being in the product and also – no, no Dale Earnhardt senior card. So we'll see if any of those are part of that announcement or not. Uh, he mentioned something about, uh, I guess, some of the brands that he liked, like National Treasures or, or Prime. So we'll see what what happens. I was surprised he didn't say Prism. So Yeah, but too. I, I, don't, I would hope that they would keep the Prism going. I don't know. Maybe they'd take a break. I don't know. But because we talked about having that consistent flagship year after year. So so we'll see. Yeah, the one thing that we talked about also on the Hobby Hotline was that Fox commentator set. From, that was last year, correct? That was 2019. 
2019. Okay, so that set, that five-card set that was, like, impossible to find unless you're Val Mars, um, you know, it never even clicked for me, you know, still being new to collecting this sport, that there's no Gordon stuff for Panini. Like, it never even clicked. And then when he said that over, over the weekend on the show, it was like, oh, man, like, it made that set so much more valuable to me like instantly and then you know the story he told of you know well we're making a gordon card because he's one of the commentators for fox but we don't do them in our regular sets so like how is this secret world how is this like happening at the same time but like that we can make cards of him but then we can at the same time you know and it's, it's that weird conundrum you know so it makes me wonder like you said if Gordon is one of the either one of the announcements or the announcement, uh, that would definitely be huge for Panini, and then you know just for the the hobby aspect of racing cards in general to get Gordon, you know, getting one of the all time greats and probably one of the top five names ever in the sport. Uh, that's huge. Uh, so it makes me wonder. If you know, maybe that Fox commentator set, maybe that started, you know, a snowball of, I don't know what the restrictions were before and why Gordon wasn't there. Maybe you do, you know, but maybe that thing just kept building, building, and then now he's like, oh, you know, let's let's work with these people. It'll be inter- interesting to see what it actually is. Yeah, Jeff Gordon, uh, I noticed that he was not in the set, so when he be when he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I was, I'm was. i always trying to get the NASCAR Hall of Fame to do something with Panini. I realized that Jeff Gordon was not in the, in any of the sets. You know, it just kind of mm-hmm. dawned on me, like, wait a minute, we have all these players, and, I mean, all these drivers stuff. And I think maybe he was – you know, fresh Harper retiring and some of this other stuff. Again, this is all speculative that, you know, either he wouldn't sign with Panini or, or whatever it would, whatever it was. But it was funny when Tracy was talking about that. And so the Hobby Hotline, if you don't know, is a Saturday call-in show, video show that's live. And this rotating guest, whatever, I'm, I'm one of the, the, the guest guests, whatever you want to say. And so we had Tracy on, and like you were saying, Jason, I brought that up. It's a it's a twelve card set. It's from twenty nineteen. It was no, it's not. It's twelve cards, and they produced it. It's like two hundred sets. They produced it and gave it to Fox, and it was they basically the start of the twenty nineteen season. You know, Tracy was kind of funny. He's like, okay. You know, it was under that whole directive of Fox announcers and had really nothing to do with NASCAR drivers and stuff, and and they got him in there. And when Tracy talked about how, uh, I guess it was the product team and the the other team, kind of like, how did you do this, or you shouldn't have done it? And, you know, they kind of they were right. kind of rogue when when they made this set and had it printed up and sent out. Um, and so these were twelve card sets in like little team bags, and they were given out, and I think. Some of the announcers in the set got a few for themselves, and then they gave them to some of the tracks, and so some of the, the personalities in there, and they gave them away as incentives. And so it's just kind of you know, like throwing a bunch of paper up in the wind, uh, up in the air, and just kind of whoosh, just gone. You know, there were some giveaways on Twitter, and but you never see them for sale or whatever. I've been looking, and like I said, I was just really super lucky uh, to track one down. And I actually sent them off to PSA to get to get them graded. So, and that was a different experience too because I don't know if they're in Beckett or not. But I I had to go back and forth with the PSA research department. You know, they only uh, grade and encapsulate you know approved cards or whatever. So I had to send them some screenshots from the Twitter and, and emails that I had sent to some folks over at Panini asking more information about the set. But again, yeah, you know, not, I was just going to say not to go off on a tangent, but like, it's kind of disappointing that they don't know about those cards. I think, you know, they're not, 
I say that because from going back and forth with PSA research department, I don't do I don't have a membership to Beckett magazine. So with only two hundred there and not available in wax packs and and other stuff, uh, I'm not right. sure if you know they would they would know about it or not. So I mean I get it and I know Valier's making excuses for them so they don't get in trouble, but it's just that thing of you know I feel like if you don't know about something like that that's modern, you know, kind of what are you doing? What what are your research team members doing? But, you know, nobody's perfect, and it's understandable. I, I get it. It's just that's a modern thing. I, I feel like that would be a lot easier to figure out than something from the, you know, early 1900s or something like that. But either way. Well, I, well, I have a feeling they're probably very busy with <laughs> – Football, baseball, basketball well, products true. coming out by the day, and then NASCAR is you know lower on the total pole than the other sports. So, and they right. could be in there, but I, you know, I, I would almost bet that they're not. So, and again, yeah, I, I don't know even know who's manning the racing price guy over there at Beckett now. So, one of the suits I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and I know I've teased it a while, is the '86 Sports Star photographic so i won't say this is a vintage set but it you know it's one of the first four sets that really were produced you know some of the names you will recognize 86 sports star photographic it was a uh, 13 card white bordered set produced in 1986 uh it's a little larger than the normal trading card it measures two and three quarter by three and a half each card is unnumbered. It has a full-color front with the driver's name in black below it. The card backs are white, and all the text is black. On the back, you'll find the driver's name, birth date, zodiac sign, and birth city with a short sentence about uh, accomplishment or current race team. I don't know what it was about Rayman and zodiac signs, but he put them on there. So, again, this is produced by Rayman, and you might remember that name from – the 1972 STP set and the 1985 Sports Star Photographic stickers. And it's kind of interesting um, with these that they're not, they were not sold in stores or in packs, or I used to use the term pack loosely because some of the verbiage or some of the things that I've seen over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years of research on some of these is that it came in three cards in a little Ziploc bag for $1.25. Now, I have heard of people saying that they had them at the haulers, at the tracks, and then when I say they, when they had these little cello things or whatever, uh, this is all at the track, basically a Roman circus or whatever, as these, you know, went from city to city at during the races. So, uh, But I've seen or heard that they would have them at the driver's, merchandise haulers or trucks and the drivers would be there signing and, and stuff like that. So some are, sh- are short printed than others. Some of the bigger stars, Jeff O'Dine, Dale Hart, Harry Gant, Tim, and Tim Richmond. Uh, those four are among the toughest and most sought after. In 86, end of 86, or the second half of 86, Tim Richmond was really pouring it on and won quite a number of races. Uh, Dale and her won the championship, I believe, but uh, Tim Richmond won that those last few races. So and they were produced by Sports Star Incorporated, which is one of the companies, like I said, the Ray Man owned. They were the first NASCAR trading cards to be sold as a standalone product, like I said, with the three cards selling for $1.25. So these were produced in small batches from, like, 1985, 1986. Uh, they're classified as 1986. The, Ray Man's company, the Star Photographics Laminating Company, uh, his company produced very colorful racing placemats with some of these similar pictures. Uh, he sold these placemats, I think, from the late uh, 70s to, I think it was about 86, or maybe early 87 is when he kind of ceased operations. But when he was producing these placemats, 
he he didn't want to waste any money. So when you have the roll of paper, uh, however wide it is, right? So it's a roll of paper. It might be I don't know a few hundred feet long, but the width is the one is the one. So he would produce these placemats, but then along the edge, it was empty, and that was perfect size width-wise to add these sports star photographic. So it's I don't think he ran, you know, a full set or whatever. I think he ran as small batches and then just ran one card along the edge. And so when they got cut, you know, he'd have these small batches of doing just one card and not, you know, sheets of sets, if that makes any sense. Now, people have said that they're – were sheets of cards. Now, I've seen some sheets of cards, but every sheet that I've seen uh, was, is made up of, like, 18 cards on it, and there's, like, some double printing or triple printing on there. But everyone I've seen has been laminated, which makes me think they were done for, you know, for, for framing or, or for hanging in somebody's office or whatever. So, uh, And so there's 18 cards on it. Some jars have multiple cards, like I said, uh, there are three Bill Elliott's, three Calioros, two Darrell Waltrips, two Bobby Allison's, and then one of each of the other eight drivers. And then what's interesting is that absent on the uncut laminated display sheet is Richard Petty. So Richard Petty has a card in here, but I don't think he was released in the original run, if you want to say, or back then. So when I mentioned that Rayman had this operations and then ceased operations, Dean Turner purchased the remaining stock and everything, and then he went on to to start the Racing Collectibles price guide and create the Sports Star, uh, use that Sports Star name, and then when you uh, when he had his network of folks that he was getting prices from that he would use in a price guide, he also sold them cards. And so I have a feeling that, you know, he was he found all these uncut sheets of Richard Petty and then, you know, they they were cut up and sold. And there are some variations of the card backs where they have the name of the company, Sports Art Photographics, with and without the PO box. So all of them have this except for the Richard Petty, which can only be found one way. So that kind of, you know, is more proof that that Richard Petty doesn't have any variations in that either. Um, I think Richard Petty's birthday is wrong on the back. So I don't know if, it, if he didn't get permission to use it or for whatever reason, but, the, you know, the Richard Petty's are, are out there. So I don't know if that makes any sense, Jason. Yeah, and actually I was reading – so the, some of the notes you sent over before you said it. And it sounds to me, and correct me if I read this wrong, but it sounds to me that besides Richard Petty and then besides, do, 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 let me find him, besides Richard Petty and A.J. Foyt, they all have four variations, and then A.J. Foyt has five, correct? Uh, yes. That wrong? I, I think that's okay. right. So... Because there so are the ones with the address and no address, and then the ones that have the address have different size fonts. Yes, and I think the AJ Foyts can be found with additional error in the uh, Indianapolis is spelled wrong. Uh, and yes, that, right. and some of it's kind of interesting or fun, I should say, is that when I was collecting collecting these in the mid. 2000s to late 2000s, I had accumulated some of these and actually found some of these errors totally myself without knowing that after reading some of these magazines. So when I started collecting NASCAR, I was, you know, trying to find as much information as I could. And then Racing Collectibles and then Collector's World were two that were published in the late 80s and I was able to um, either acquire or, or read some of these earlier issues, and they had, you know, information in, in, the, in the comments or the editor's type 
you know, lenders to the editor, I, I read that, you know, there were some of these variations were found. So it was kind of fun to find some of them on my own and then read about some of them. So, but, yeah, I, and, again, some of these, these variations are going to come because when he was creating these on that edge, you know, they gear up and run it, and then when they were done, you know, they were done with it. And so you can find it with the address and without the address. So I'm assuming the without the address was first, and then I said, well, I need to put the address on it, and then put the address on it. But then you have a different font type because they run it again and either didn't get it exactly right or they weren't, you know, didn't care about didn't care about being precise and then, you know, misspelling Indianapolis Indianapolis. There might be some others on there too that I don't have list on here where their name is on the back in in bold. So but just getting a set of these is is impressive, let alone trying to go for all the variations. Right. It's but funny, I, I, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it before we started recording, and the pictures that you sent over, you know, showing my age. But it's still weird to me to see Dale Senior in the Wrangler car. You know, to me, growing up, collecting in the '90s, and then you know, into today, all I ever knew really was the the black Goodwrench car. So it's still crazy, even though I've seen it before. It's still weird because I got so used to the black Goodrich car. No, I, I'm totally agree with you. It, you know, when you think of Dale Earnhardt, you think of that, that black car. You know, the Wrangler, I guess, you know, NASCAR was was growing, and, and it just kind of mushroomed in the late 80s and in the 90s. And, um, you know, I kind of, when I think of it, I think of that black car. You know, that's my first thing. I don't think of the Wrangler car. I think, too, what you're saying and right. even in the 88 Max, when we get to talk about it, um, they have images of both of those cars in the 88 Max set. So they, they had that number, iconic number 87, that was kind of short printed and was a rookie for a while because they didn't have rights to use him on that, in that number 99 card. Uh, it's him and the whole crew and everybody standing w- with the wind and cheering on, and then I think that's card number 54 has the, you know, black number three classic or what we think of now as, as that iconic car. But this 86 set is, um, it's not a, a massive set, like I said, and all the stars are pretty much in there. And, you know, first of Bill Elliott, Tim Richmond, and Harry Gant. We've got Cal Yarborough, Terry Labonte. You know, Bobby Allison's in there, and Jeff Bodine, Neil Bonnet, AJ Floyd's got, like I said, two cars, cards, and that Dallin Hart. It's, um, that's like really the first set or one of the sets that I collected and had graded on the PSA site and had registry, number one set on the registry for. You know, a but, second ago when you said it's not a very big set, you know, it's 12 cards, I, I kind of chuckled inside because it's like, all of these vintage sets, you know, that we talk about and we discuss, it always seems like it's not a big set, but they're impossible to find. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's just how racing was. Same with, uh, you know, wrestling card. Yeah, there's just always those sports that have limited distribution, and racing is definitely one of them. I lucked out and found some of these, you know, cards, or and over time... One story. One, I've actually bought a set on eBay one time. This was like in the late 2000s. And instead of you know putting it through the mail or whatever, I met I met the guy at the Wichita Children's Winery. Uh, I met over there oh, nice. and, uh, and you know paid uh, a pin more and I had paid him, but to get them in person and you know they, they graded pretty high and was able to acquire some multiples of these. And of course, you know I got some autographs. To have, the ones that I could, so, you know, it's it a lot of fun, but I think to your point, it wasn't like they were crazy expensive, it was just more of the chase, right? Yeah, that, that's definitely what it is. And and that's what kind of makes it fun. It's just not necessarily all about the money, but it, it's about the hunt and, I guess, being persistent, I don't know, setting up eBay 
same searches, maybe. Yep. Speaking of eBay, um, before we wrap it up here, you know, the one one card that we like to talk about is those STP cards, and there is a petty ungraded on eBay right now. And last I checked, you know, this is Friday night at 11 o'clock, uh, but the last I checked, it was just under $100, like 96 or 95 or something like that. But it had right around 24 hours left to go. Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on that one myself because, you know me, it'd be nice autographed. (laughs) (laughs) So if I get get my hands on a Richard Petty, I get him autographed. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think that's because you're um, looking at it. You know, it's got some spots on it and it looks like stuff over his head. Yeah, it's not a – it's got some definitely standing on the back paper crease in it. So it's a low grade. And with those, you know, those were handed out and people will put them in their collection. They really didn't have any, you know, card savers or card holders. And if they did put them in, they'd have something like in the late 80s and kind of tying it back to this here, this 86 four-star photographs, when... Dane uh, Turner purchased the, these assets from Ray Man. You know there were seventy-two SDPs in there, and hmm. and what I'm saying this is that when he when Dane was doing the price guides, you know people had an opportunity to buy some of this leftover cards. And where I'm going with this ultimately is that during that time they had screw down plastics. And so people would put those 1972 STP petties in those screw-down plastics or Bobby Allison or any of those guys, and they put them away, and you know what happens. Oh, yeah. When you, when you take them apart, the paper is fused to the front. To that so, acrylic, yeah. yeah. So I have, I've actually, you know, I guess I've been burned a few times buying – some of those where you go to take it apart and you lose the paper off the corner. So that, that's happened to me more than once. So trying to find these STPs in high grade is, is really tough. And I guess where I'm going is that, you know, there's one nine, there's no tens. These cards, these 86 four star photographics are tough because they are oversized as well. You know, they, they don't fit in the top loader or whatever. So it's a lot of fun and they're not, I was like too crazy. I know everybody's wish list or want list is that Dale Earnhardt's uh, short print. That is definitely a tough one. That um, most of the NASCAR card collectors who've been around a while that's on their want list. So, but yeah, it's curious to see what that uh, 72 STP will Richard Petty will close at. You know, there was a bunch of them on on eBay for a while, and then it seems like uh, either. And it's probably it that have supplies out there, and then they get absorbed, and uh, nobody's reselling them, and they're hard to come by. So uh, I don't know if we if I did the '86 Sports Star photographics justice or not, but you know if anybody has questions on them, you can always reach out to me on Twitter. It's one of my favorite sets. Like I said, it's one of the first ones that I collected and had graded. So and I don't know if I would put a little a ding in here or not, but um, I, I had the set graded for PSA, but. I don't. I retired that set and took it off. I don't. I don't like the holder that PSA uses for these. They kind of rattle around in there. I don't know if you've seen some of those. Uh, not necessarily this in general, but I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, that's one of my gripes with PSA cases. Yeah. So this is actually one of the sets that I've actually moved over to Beckett. They do a better job with that holder. So when I go to the national, I usually bring one two to um, to get graded by Beckett. They usually run some specials, whatever, but so I have a few I think I got, I think about two or three of them graded by Beckett. So It's one of well, those things, and this is a whole new topic, but just because you brought it up, it's, it, it just blows my mind the amount of money that people put into graded cards, and then for a company like PSA to have a holder that rattles almost like to me defeats the whole purpose like you have a card that you're grading because you want to assure the owner that it is a certain grade and it will never change yet 
the item inside rattles, and if you rattle it a hundred times against the left edge, surely the left edge is going to change. You know, so that thought process has always bothered me. It never made sense. You know, and then when you said that you switched it from PSA to Beckett, you know, that was that's one of my things with Beckett is that it seems like their stuff doesn't move um, in any other slabs. Yeah, I know that PSA has that like mylar sleeve in there, but it that just didn't seem to hold because because of the oversize, right? So this is three and a half by two and three quarters, so it's just a little bit bigger right. than a regular trading card. So it goes into that other holder, and then there's like a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at at the yeah. So if you look at the the image. Um, it looks like uh, I know you guys um, on the podcast can't see it, but just imagine the card centered on the side, and then you have maybe a half inch top and half inch on the bottom, and maybe a quarter inch right. left and a quarter inch right. That that's free floating, and you know when you have some higher grade cards, you do not want them moving around there. So I think I don't know. I, I noticed that either they were moving or I could move them or they weren't straight. And I just thought that to your point, I didn't, I didn't like that. Now I have seen some where they're actually oriented right way. And so they fit really snug in there. So there's no room left or right. There's just a lot of room Hmm. top and bottom, but I haven't seen many like that. So I don't know if that is something you have to request or, right. Or what, but, um, and again, when I was doing this, this was late 2000s or mid 2000s, and racing was much smaller than it is now, grading wise. So, but to your point, you know, I, I wanted to send this off to get them graded and, and you know preserve them. And the last thing I thought of is that they would be moving the way they were. So, because you don't get that with a two and a half by three and a half card. So, and again, it's probably being a smaller holder or inserts. Uh, you know, Beckett does it. I can't remember how they do it, but they have something that's a little tighter inside of that, that holder. I think it's almost the same size holder, but they either do something with the model or save so that it doesn't move. Well, Jason, I think that'll do it for the show. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts. Uh I nothing that I can think of. It'll it'll just be interesting to see what happens with Panini and what their announcement is. You know, if it's a new addition to the whole line of products, or if it's a new product, or you know, new drivers that we haven't had before. So it'll just be interesting to see. And hopefully, it's one of those things where they announce it soon, and it affects the rest of the season and the rest of the year for the cards, and not necessarily you know, something that we're going to find out in September. So hopefully it's sooner than later. I would love for them to, to kind of let some of the cat out of the bag. And I'm looking forward right. to the other, the other, um, you know, Chronicles. Last year they had a good crop of rookies. So I'm expecting the rated rookie drivers to be on, you know, some of these Chronicles sets and possibly some other drivers that, you know, we haven't haven't seen. So I don't know if you noticed, but like with Natalie Decker, that I didn't see that, you know, she's in the rated rookie set, but I didn't see her in the optic set. I thought that was interesting. No, I didn't notice because that was, didn't look at the checklist yet. I just kind of opened it willy-nilly and kind of saw what I got, but I did not. You would think... Kind of surprised because you would think that's one of the ones that you would want to include. Yeah, so she's in the signature series, the red, Rated Rookies, different colors. Yeah, so the optic, Rated Rookie optics start with Alex Obet, Bar- Bailey, Curry, Josh Williams, Coda, Fender Walt, Kyle Weatherman, Mason Massey, and Matt Snyder, but no Natalie Decker. So that's interesting that she's not in the optics rated rookie, but she's in the donors rated rookie. So I have a feeling maybe she, uh, she'll definitely be in Chronicles and maybe be all over Chronicles. I don't know. But it just yeah, it was it's very interesting. Well but to your point, yeah, I hope um, 
I mean, I'm excited for the the news and and for whatever we'll see what it is. But I don't necessarily want to rush the 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 Dunruss either. So the Dunruss is a really good product. It's good, great for I guess a set builder. It's a little challenging, but uh, and I know the the pl- the driver collectors are scurrying trying to get in their brakes and and working on their their parallels. So great, uh, it, it's fun. So we get the start of the season and our second race, the Daytona Road Course, this weekend. We will be back next week. Uh, any closing thoughts, Jason? Mm, nothing else. Nope. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Please like and share the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody is enjoying the show and is getting some valuable information out of it. So. That's why we do it. But thank you, everybody, and we will see you next week.